Hello guys and welcome back to My Story in 30. Uh, I'm your host, Leith Shawar, and uh, tonight we have uh, Asad Salman, second year economics and management science student, TETPAC leader, and uh, top 10% engaged. How are you? Good, good. It's a little bit intimidating when you read out the list just like that, but <laughs> I mean, I'm doing good, Leith. Excited to actually be here on the podcast. Thankful you invited me. Man, I'm excited to have you as well. Um, I know it's a kind of a long introduction, but uh, I guess you're a man that's done it all, huh? <laughs> we'll uh, see. <laughs> uh, Saad, I'm really excited to hear your story, actually. And um, uh, how about we started out by telling me how you came all the way from the UAE um, and actually your first stop in Canada and then how you finally ended up at Ryerson. Okay, for sure. So for those of you that don't actually know, because I've actually talked about this with Leif a little bit before, but I'm an international student who spent uh, the last 13 years of my life uh, in Dubai. 13? Yeah, 13 years, man. I tell you, it's a long time to go without any snow and then suddenly be thrust into negative 26 degree weather now. That's a cultural shock right there, my friend. Yeah. All right. But so 13 years of Dubai. Um, and for me, the first thing that I actually wanted to do was a big thing for me in my life has been following sort of in the footsteps of my brother. I have one sibling, one older brother, and that's it. Uh, we have a gap of about three and a half years between us. So you know it's been perfect between us. I exit uh, middle school, enter high school, he graduates high school. I exit high school, he exits university. So I always have a nice sort of like four-year look into my future to sort of learn from, you know, my brother. Oh, that's clutch. Like that. Yeah, that's incredible. Okay. And so for me, uh, my brother studied in Canada, mm -hmm. so I wanted to follow him. Um, that was sort of the big plan I had from Dubai. I'm not actually much of a very big planner. Uh, I don't even know today, sitting here, what I want to do for my career um, or what sort of field I want to go into. Mm -hmm. But I knew I had one thing in mind, Canada. I wanted to study uh, university in Canada with some of my friends, my brother being there. Uh, just so it's a little bit more familiar to me. Okay. And so I first left uh, Dubai, I think maybe, what is it, two years ago now? Mm -hmm. Let's say I spent last year at Ryerson, my first year. So yeah, two academic years ago, mm -hmm. uh, I landed in Toronto for the first time, completely new to the country, having just gotten my study permit, uh, not knowing anyone within the city, your and brother, was he here or was he back uh, in the UAE? My brother at the time was still in Vancouver okay. um, because he'd studied and graduated from UBC in Vancouver. <coughs> okay, so you were alone in Toronto, basically. Yeah, for the first few months I was alone. Mm. Eventually, my brother actually moved up to Toronto with me mm. uh, and we started staying together. But that first sort of few months where I was orienting myself in Canada, it was, it was a struggle, I'll tell you that. I think I've told this story before, I think to Shab, that when I first came here, I was doing all of my grocery shopping, or the majority of it, at a place called Rabba, or Rabba, if you of know. Course, of course. Yeah. How and can so, one forget? <laughs> <laughs> what Rabba is, if you don't know, it's a convenience store, right? Yeah. It's open 24-7. And so not exactly the most friendly prices for your you know, yeah. monthly groceries or anything Fair. like that. Um, so it's just all these little adjustments. 
And for me as well, uh, I joined actually a pretty big university when I first came here. So I was feeling even more like sort of a fish out of water mm -hmm. all by myself. Mm -hmm. And so because um, I was actually studying life sciences in that first year uh, in Toronto, um, so a completely different program than what I'm in today. Um, and so while I was doing that program, because I thought to myself, you know, this is a difficult program, I kind of want to just get my head down, uh, power through it, go to school, come back, focus on my studies. Uh, that's sort of the mindset and the attitude I went to my first year with. And, you know, I'm sure you can sort of relate a little bit. I know you told me you're in engineering, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so did you have that sort of same thing where... Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I came in and I thought that the only way to survive is to actually um, just, as you said, keep my head down, keep reading, keep studying, keep working, yeah. um, which, in the, which it, is, it is kind of true, but uh, in the end, uh, coming into university and actually coming into a new country, you're still trying to set your priorities straight. Mm -hmm. Like you need to build a new social circle. You need to also, for example, as you said, Find a good grocery shop. You don't. You can't keep going to Rava every two weeks, no. right? And you gotta do all that uh, while maintaining uh, a really good GPA. Yeah. But um, I think it, it was it was uh, the the physics courses for me. That that was what really made me think. Okay, this is not for you. Yeah. Um, and that's why I switched it to economics. So like at, after you finished, so you you did one semester in UFT, mm. and then uh, COVID hit, correct? Yeah, COVID hit. So you you went back to the UAE? Yeah. So after COVID hit, uh, all of our classes started to move back to virtual sessions. Okay. And so I started thinking, you know, I don't really have um, to speak perfectly, like honestly with you. I didn't have that many friends in the first year. Okay. Uh, so I was by myself uh, sitting in this new country. And I thought to myself, if classes are online, why not come back home? Um, you know, I can continue taking my classes from there. And at least I'll be, you know, surrounded, surrounded by, by my people. family. Yeah. yeah, I get you, man. Especially in COVID. Yeah, especially yeah. in COVID. And, you know, it had also been, it's not that long I know now looking back at it, but that was my first sort of year away from family. So I was excited to get back at the same time as well. Mm -hmm. So you went back to UAE and then you applied to Ryerson? Or yeah, I okay. applied to Ryerson when I actually reached back in the UAE. Um, when I was in the UAE, it was the beginning of second semester, uh -huh. and I stayed with UFT all the way until the end of summer school for that uh -huh. session. So it was the full year and a half that okay. I was there. Summer 2020 then? Yes. Okay. Summer 2020, I believe. All right. And so, so. So like after that, um, uh, you, you got into Ryerson, I believe in the fall of 2020, correct? Yeah. And uh, tell me about the time zone difference, man. Because I, oh. I, I, I did um, a semester in, uh, in Jordan. I went back for COVID. And for some reason, uh, I still had some of my exams at 1 a.m., 3 a.m. <laughs> Imagine, yeah. uh, at, actually, I woke up as a night owl, going ahead to do my calculus exam or statistics or whatever it is. Uh, it was really challenging, yeah. completely challenging. Um, I, I wanted to know how you navigated that, what, what happened uh, with your schedule. Yeah. And you know... I 100% I had the same experiences that you were talking about yeah. um, for me in Dubai it was a nine hour time difference right oh my God. and so this is sort of the usual day-to-day -day schedule for me uh, once I got a little bit further into the semester 
I would wake up somewhere from, and please don't, don't judge me for this. This is a no judgment zone, my friend. It's unfiltered. Yeah. Somewhere from 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m., somewhere around there. I mean, you had to adapt. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I, I had to adapt because that's when my classes actually were. And, you know, I'm going to go into this, but I had those classes all the way until 3 a.m. in the morning. Wow. 3 a.m. in the morning for me was, uh, I believe, either 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. here, uh -huh. which is the end for evening classes usually. Mm -hmm. And so once 3 a.m. hit, okay, I'm finished with my classes now, but then come all the student group events. And so from 3 a.m. until 6 a.m. or onwards, you're doing extracurricular things. And then when you finish up with that, you think to yourself, okay, well, now I have to go back to my classes. I have to actually start uh, studying for them. Oh, yeah, doing work God. for the assignments, doing work for projects. And it's brutal, you know. I'm sure you know as an international student too, but yeah. when you have things like group projects as well online, yeah. you can't really have your group accommodate for your time difference. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's really hard, um, especially if you have, let's say, um, many students at many different time zones. Yeah. Uh, I remember that we had this course uh, in statistics. We were four guys in the group. One of us was in India. I was in Jordan. Uh, and two of, two of us were over here in Canada. But uh, the whole process was just to how to facilitate uh, keeping the operations going for the group yeah. while, um, you know, making, choosing a time that works for yeah. us. It was really it, challenging. It is. It's um, like a second project in addition to what you already have. Oh, yes, it's yes. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, you had all of that, and you had a nocturnal schedule. Did you burn out? What happened? Uh, I don't think as much in that first year I really felt the effects of what I was doing. Mm. Everything was so, you know, in the spur of the moment as it was happening that it wasn't really until this year, um, and especially, you know, this first semester where I've started to really feel some of those effects and start to feel like, um, hey, I'm not feeling as excited about these things that I used to, you know, wake up at 3 a.m. to go do. Um, I'm not spending as much time, you know, uh, studying or spending it on my student groups as I used to. So I think I'm 100% feeling sort of the effects of all that from first year now. Wow. Because, you know, you were talking about this a little bit earlier. Sorry, and I didn't mean to cut you off. But, no you were talking a little bit earlier how you also sort of to a degree had that mindset of keeping your head down in engineering uh, for your physics course, I think you said. Uh, um, yeah, and you're right, it does work to an extent. But for me, the issue was it, I found out, and I found out a little bit late, um, it's not sustainable. It really isn't. You might not feel the impacts immediately like I was saying in my first year, uh, but sitting here today, I tell you, it's crucial to, you know, make that time for yourself or take care of yourself. I know mm -hmm. it sounds silly to say. But no, it does not, man. Yeah, you actually have to take a conscious effort yeah. and think about it and, you know, do things that still bring you joy. Yeah. I've seen so many of my friends when they go off to university, all their old hobbies, they've completely stopped them. You know, I've had friends that were doing artwork nearly every day of the week um, and doing it to a really good degree, you know, mm -hmm. having paintings sell and everything like that. But in university, they stopped. They found they didn't have the time for it. 
uh, and they just dropped it entirely. I think it's actually, it's, it's not like that we don't have the time. If you look at it technically, we do have the time. Because, oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, the time is there. But it's um, kind of a more of, a, what's the word? You feel tired, right. man. You feel tired. Like, let's say you, you work uh, eight hours a day, and maybe, or if you study and you take a course as well, um, you end up going home feeling like you're drained. Your mental energy is drained. Your physical energy is drained. And you have nothing left in the tank. Um, I would say it's really important for students, especially at, at our age, early 20s, to kind of develop this uh, system that works for them, mm -hmm. uh, where you can keep working on everything that you have going on, yeah. okay, while setting your priorities straight. But at the same time, you need to make sure that you have energy or a, a sufficient amount of energy Food. for every single thing. Uh, and you, you can do that by actually taking care of yourself. Um, I, I, think, I think it's underrated. And I, I feel like people think that it's hard to actually take care of yourself. Okay, there's no time. I'm just stressed. I'm gonna wanna go home and have a beer or whatever it is. That, that's, I don't think that's, that's the right approach. You know, it's an argument I hear a lot in, um, when people talk about fitness. And uh, this is something I'm guilty of too, you mm -hmm. know, when I'm being very lazy is, you know, I don't, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to work out today. You know, I don't have the hour, the 30 minutes. Yeah. And then I'll immediately go watch an episode of a TV show or something, <laughs> you know. Uh -huh. it's, it's exactly like you're saying of how you sort of use your time effectively. Because yeah. we have the time for sure. Um, but two questions I think are really important is, do you want to spend all of that time, all the time you have available to you, purely on academics and, um, you know, sort of your professional goals. There's nothing that you want to do to further the development of yourself as a person, your character, you know. Um, like you said, building those social supports and those connections so you succeed later in university or mm -hmm. uh, learning a skill, picking up a hobby, whatever it is you want to do, anything that mm -hmm. brings you joy, you yeah. know, something you're passionate about. Yeah, 100%. Um, for example, as you said, for example, if you watch an episode, and it, it gives you kind of this kind of feeling of joy and comedy. Yeah. Uh, you, la you get a laugh out of it. I feel like, okay, that's valuable. But some people tend to binge watch lots of stuff. So if you, you have a show and it's going on, and you're not even focused on the show, you just have it in the background while you're yeah. on your phone, yeah. on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is. They, they, we gotta make better use of our time. Um, so t tell me how you eventually like scaled back, set your priorities straight and eventually became more productive and less stress-free. Yeah. So definitely, I think it's still sort of an ongoing process, the whole scaling back and everything. Um, because like I said before, it wasn't really until this year where I started to feel the effects or that, you know, I'm a little bit tired of everything that I've yeah. been doing. So although I haven't really done too much so far, I have given it a lot of thought. And I know for a fact that starting next semester, outside of um, the commitments I have now to student groups, like being a TEDPAC mentor, my position with TRSS or DECA or uh, things like that, those things I want to continue on. But as for saying yes to you know, new events, <coughs> speaking opportunities, or um, really doing all of this sort of above and beyond stuff, I really just feel like I don't want to commit all of the same time to it anymore. Yeah. You know, going into the end of my second year now, um, my priorities have shifted a little bit. What are your priorities towards now? What's your goal? 
Well, I think the big one for me now, end of second year, uh, main focus for me is co-op. That's the big sort of goal and um, aim that I have for mm -hmm. myself is getting into the co-op program, first of all, mm -hmm. and then managing to secure an internship that mm -hmm. I actually managed to learn from and take something away from. And so I want to make sure that above all else, and this is something I've heard so well from some of my other friends and student leaders here, but is to make sure that I'm treating myself like a student first before being a student leader. 100%. Right? Yeah. Taking that time to, f again, focus back in on my classes. Yeah. Um, make sure my GPA is solid so mm. that I don't have um, any more major interruptions or disruptions to my academic success. Uh -huh. But even if I do, that's okay. I just need to figure out you know, how best to deal with it, respond and pivot. Because I've found myself in situations in the past where you know, things ha haven't gone according to plan, but Story of my life. <laughs> yeah, story of your life. <laughs> we were talking about this before, you know, yeah. both of us actually transferred into RARS mm -hmm. or into our current the program. program. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I got to say, uh, I mean, hearing your story right now and, and seeing how, how, you, how your priorities have shifted, there had to be kind of a mindset change that you had at one point. And I feel like this mindset change, every student in the university has it at, uh, at one point in their four years. Mm -hmm. I personally had it like maybe uh, getting into my third. Yeah. Um, where I decided, okay, I, I, I have a couple of priorities. Mm -hmm. um, one of them was, for example, my health, and then uh, securing a co-op role, yeah. and then um, focusing on my extracurriculars. Like I, I'm a person that likes to create music on the side. Mm -hmm. And of course, tie that with family, friends, and all that. That's when I actually kind of developed this kind of a system. Um, and the sole reason that kind of forced me to do that was that I was not seeing the results that I wanted and everything that I wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. So I said, enough is enough. And that, that's when my mindset changed. Mm -hmm. um, tell me, did your mindset change? And if so, how did that happen? I think absolutely my mindset changed. You know, it's kind of impossible for me to say it wouldn't between you know, the very long two years between high school and where I am today. Mm. I've had a whole lot of very strange <laughs> experiences between them that have forced me to sort of adapt a little bit. Mm. I think um, for me, similar to what you were talking about, a big thing for me in high school, an issue that I was struggling with a lot was self-confidence issues, really. Um, you know, I've always been a very shy, introverted person um, mm -hmm. all my life. And that's sort of reflected in a bunch of different areas. In high school, I wasn't nearly as like involved and engaged as all the stuff I do today. Uh, I wasn't on any student groups or extracurriculars outside of one sports team. Mm -hmm. um, Let me guess, football? Actually, volleyball. Volleyball. Volleyball, no yeah. Way. <laughs> <laughs> JV volleyball and then one year varsity. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, out, outside of those things, mm -hmm. uh, I sort of stuck to myself in school. And so when I started coming into um, that senior year of high school, I was also having a lot of issues academically too that sort mm -hmm. of played into those fears and those insecurities. Okay. 
um, for me, a big thing was uh, my performance. It's funny to say now, sitting here as an econ major, but um, how I was doing in my math course. Mm -hmm. In high school, I was part of the IB program, which is you know a little bit uh, more of a rigorous program in that they teach you some college-level material to get you prepared for first year, whatever. I went through that as well, by the way. Yeah, did you do international uh, baccalaureate yeah. diploma? Diploma. I did certificate. Uh, okay. No way I wanted to do extended <laughs> SAT, okay? It's horrible. It's horrible <laughs> experience. Oh, I'm so glad that yeah. you know what I'm talking oh, about. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, of course. So, uh, so, which one of the courses actually gave you a hard time? For me, it was math uh, SL, math study level, which is sort of like. Um, the more medium intermediate level course it's mm -hmm. not the highest it's not the easiest but average yeah um, that course I actually ended up struggling with a lot uh, that senior year in fact when I ended uh, that year I failed the course entirely mm -hmm. um, and it affected me a lot when I was first applying into universities at the end of high school in that um, after I got my first acceptance to that life sciences program with U of T, mm -hmm. I actually had my offer Sorry. pulled. It was completely removed and off the table for, I don't even remember how long, maybe two, three months, but at least two months, mm -hmm. there was a time period where I was just sitting in limbo, thinking to myself, I have no plan for what happens next, you know? Um, I guess I'm not going to university like I thought starting this next semester. I'm gonna be a year or more behind all of my friends that I wanted to uh, graduate with and that's sort of, you know, I compared myself with, you know? And that's a big issue that even now I see in a lot of students here uh, when they use their LinkedIn's and everything is trying to always stack up your own achievements against other people's. But again, it's not sustainable. In what sense? In the sense that you, I don't believe you can keep yourself in a headspace like that. I don't think it's healthy for yourself mentally um, to always have to try and live up to what your expectations are of what people should be doing um, at your age or at the point in your career that you're at now. For me, uh, where this happened was with seeing everyone get so engaged in their first year and everything, I started saying yes to every opportunity. We were talking about this before. Um, but l the things I've talked about now, all the burnout and how exhausted I've been feeling lately, it goes to show that for me personally in my experiences, I can't keep up with a system like that where um, I'm constantly stacking myself against other people. And that's the reason why I actually don't spend too much time on uh, social media or LinkedIn in general, is I don't like to be in that mind space. If I have something that I'd like to share with people, I'd like to share it with my friends. Um, for LinkedIn, of course, there's the alternative purposes of recruitment that everyone wants to uh, use it for. And I totally understand all that. I'm not saying you can't use that, and it's a great tool to use. But what I'm saying is don't let your personal worth or your sense of your personal worth be affected uh, by what you see about other people online. I feel like, my friend, this is something that's really much easier said than done. Hmm. Um, I feel it, like one should be really 
self-confident and yeah. have a great degree of self-esteem to not be bothered by seeing what others have achieved on, on Instagram and, or, or, or LinkedIn. In my opinion, LinkedIn is kind of a professional Instagram, but... Uh, yeah, um, maybe even worse, the professional Facebook, I call it now. Oh, really? sure. yeah, <laughs> I, as you said, it, it, is, it is a really useful tool. Um, um, I actually, I, I network with a lot of recruiters and uh, um, talent, uh, people who work in talent acquisition. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's good to get to know these people over there. Yeah, absolutely. But um, as you said, like, you, you should run your own race. You're not racing with anyone else except for yourself. Um, you, you just need to work hard on being a better version, version of yourself than you were yesterday. Um, but, I mean, like it or not, going into the professional world and, and yeah. uh, applying to a job, you are competing it, with it so many different people. So... Um, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I definitely agree with you in that it's way easier said than done. Mm. In fact, you know... It's not something that I even do today. It's something I'm working on and trying to get better at. But mm. I, of course, I still struggle with it. Um, and like you're saying, it's impossible not to compare yourself against people. When I see um, different events or different opportunities, it feels bad to say. But one of the first questions that goes into my mind is, well, okay, and this is just sort of the honest reality of it is, how will this reflect um, in the eyes of someone <coughs> who's reading this off like a resume or off a sheet? Mm -hmm. um, what are they going to see that I brought to this activity or that I was able to bring? Mm -hmm. um, what were the aims of this activity? Is this something I can actually be proud in? Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. But it's not something that I think happens overnight. It's definitely something you work towards gradually over the course of mm -hmm. your um, career well past even university, if um, you even completed that. Yeah, um, honestly, that's that's so true. I agree with it 100%. Um, we got maybe less than five minutes left in this episode. Oh, okay. Uh, it went really, it went by really quickly. I actually really enjoyed the conversation. Um, yeah. I usually, when we finish. Um, we tend to, like, I'll give you the mic now. Mm -hmm. If you can give any certain small or big piece of advice, something that you would give to early year students at Ryerson, something that, you know, really changed your life uh, yeah. by realizing and understanding. Um, go ahead, man. Shoot. <laughs> okay, putting me on the spot like that, Leith. Okay. <laughs> With only five minutes left on the timer. Um, I don't want to repeat myself too much. You, you um, did say a lot of great stuff. Yeah. I, so I'm, I know I already said one thing. I just want to bring it up again very briefly. But um, especially for you know, first-year students or students coming into university, don't be afraid of you know, setbacks or any mistakes or failures that you're going to face in your first year. That first year is completely exploratory you're sort of learning what works best for you in this completely new and independent environment, you know? You don't have professors chasing you down. Um, many people, you don't have sort of the same friends or people to fall back on. You're in this completely new environment. So take that first year as a chance to really get to know yourself and explore sort of your, your limits and your boundaries. 
But again, to not feel obligated to have to exceed past those mm -hmm. because you think that's what um, you should be doing in your first year or that you think other students um, have been doing. If it's something you're passionate about, something that brings you joy or that you have a genuine interest in doing, mm -hmm. I think absolutely. And so that's why I wanted to sort of pivot away from that and talk about something a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, and something that's really started to help me this year especially mm -hmm. is pursuing a passion. Um, we talked about this a little bit, but I've always struggled with maintaining that work-life balance, you know, managing my academics with my personal life. Mm -hmm. That first year international, it was completely lopsided. I was entirely focused on my academics. Uh, and I wasn't spending any time doing things for myself. Your own enjoyment. Yeah, for my own enjoyment. Which is why, um, you know, now I started to actually speak with uh, all of my different mentors and some of my friends that I have. Um, and I started to build sort of these social supports around myself again. I started recently uh, drawing and painting a little bit, especially during quarantine. Nice. Um, I told you about my friends I used to paint in high school. Always yes. jealous of them all the <laughs> time. Yeah. I feel like drawing was such a great way to actually express yourself mm -hmm. that I started taking just a little bit of time. Not each day. I'm a little bit lazy Every now with and it. Then, but uh, yeah. You. But you I feel mean, better after doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I get lost in it. I think to myself, okay, quick little 10 minute break. 30 minutes later and a bunch of unrecognizable sketches on my paper <laughs> and you know I'm feeling much more sort of at ease and less anxious about the future and things like that. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really great piece of advice. I hope students can actually benefit from this. Yeah. Uh, it's a really really nice talk man. I really enjoyed it. Me too Leif. Again surreal actually being here yeah. one year later but a pleasure talking to you. Man. Of course man. You too. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in for this episode. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Take care, guys.